Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ah, hello. Hey, how are you? Oh, oh God. <laughs> I've um, I've just ran upstairs to record this little bit of the podcast. I'm out of breath. <sighs> uh, you shouldn't really be out of breath for running up the stairs, should you? Oh, God. Should be more fit than that. Damn it, the lockdown weight gain. It's happened. Happens to the best of us, I think. Really happens to the best of us. Anyway, ugh. Welcome to another edition of the Dangerous Dinners podcast, friends. How are you? How's your week been? Are you safe? Are you enjoying the sun we've had at the moment? It's lovely, isn't it? It's all looking up a little bit. I am your host, as always, Tom Green. Dangerous Dinners podcast, really simple. We sit down with a famous celebrity, spin a roulette wheel, and find out what takeaway they are having. It's as simple as that. Um, Thanks to Magnus, by the way. Hey, we didn't get a sponsor but we did get some free stuff. And I think that's sometimes close enough, isn't it? Thanks to Magnus for hooking us up with a load of lovely Magnus drinks after the Tom Walker episode a few weeks ago. Um, we are still on the hunt for an amazing sponsor for this podcast. I'm a, I'll take anyone at this point. <laughs> I will take, I will take anyone to sponsor this. Um, maybe, uh, maybe Rolex. Do you fancy a podcast series Rolex? I'd like that. Or maybe luxury car brand Rolls Royce. You could sponsor this. Equally, I would just take free product if that's what you're looking for. Um, also, I've been thinking a lot this week about how we can get this podcast into more hands. Because we're doing really well. I just think more people the better, innit? Um, so, I'm going to ask you a favour, and this is really genuinely very serious. If you like this podcast and this podcast series, why don't you just tell one friend? You know, your best mate on your phone right now to say, hey, I got this thing. I think you might like it. I'd really appreciate that if we just spread the good word. Good word of the pod. Anyway, uh, if you can leave a rating on Apple Podcasts below, that'd be amazing. Give us a five star. We really appreciate it. Today's guest, though, is the amazing Max George from The Wanted fame. Do you remember the boy band The Wanted? They were bloody huge back in the day, weren't they? Think about it. Cash your mind back to like 2000 and... 11, 12. Think how big The Wanted were. Yeah, they were huge. Loads of uh, UK top 10 singles. They had massive success in America. They had a TV show on E. Well, we are speaking to Max George today from that band. Max himself starred in, uh, starred in Glee, the TV show. He was signed by Scooter Braun. He did a TV show with Bear Grylls. Um, for people that don't know, Scooter Braun is Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande's manager. This guy is a legend, and there are some amazing stories over the next hour, including a little teaser, Nights Out with Tom Hanks. Now, if that doesn't keep you with us today, I don't know what will. So sit yourself down, grab a beer, and let's get Max George on. The Dangerous Dinners Podcast with your host, Tom Green. Ow. One celebrity guest, one spin of the roulette wheel, and a tour of the best and worst takeaways, which are delivering to us tonight. What will it land on? We let fate decide. Up for grabs today, we have the poorly reviewed Kansas Fried Chicken, everybody's favorite, Lahore Karahi, and if it all goes wrong, Pizza Palace. But before we do that, it's time to meet our celebrity guest. They're famous, they're funny, and they just arrived downstairs. It's time to bring them up. Please welcome. It's Max George. <laughs> Hello. Evening. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. Are you? I'm very good, man. Um, good. I'm very good. Welcome to the Dangerous Dinners podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. First thing, it's a pleasure 
to have our first proper mank on the show. Oh, nice one. <laughs> it's nice to be the first mank on it. We had Tom Walker a few weeks ago, and he's like half mank, half Glaswegian. He always confuses me, Tom. Yeah. Because too. one minute, and I love, I love Tom Walker, but every now and again, I see him on Instagram, and... <laughs> He's talking in Scottish. <laughs> and then the next week, he's like, you all right, Manchester? What's going on here? It's confusing, isn't it? And you know what? Yeah. From speaking to him, he I don't think he knows what's going on either. Oh, he doesn't? No. <laughs> no. Right. I think it's something that just seems to happen in his life, and he doesn't know why and when. But he went on with Lorraine, the Scottish mm. lady from the telly, and he went full Glaswegian. Did he? Yeah, and I think he just matches people. Right, that's cool. Very weird, but listen, it's an absolute pleasure. And if this is the first time we've ever met or worked or done anything together, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Yeah, although I feel like you've been in my life in various guises forever because I feel like I grew... When I was, like, peak teenage years, I reckon that's when The Wanted were huge. Was it? Yeah. Oh, good times. Mate, they were the days, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was only thinking about it. You know, this week I actually bought this. It's just lockdown, right? So you you come up with ideas of things to buy at night, or I do anyway. So I've just been buying loads of random stuff. Yeah. And uh, I actually bought all five of the wanted dolls. (laughs) Swear to God, I bought the dolls and they came. Oh my God, they're awful. But um, yeah, I bought all five and I got all nostalgic and like played the wanted tunes. It was. uh, it's quite sad, really. But. That's nice. I mean, surely you should have got them free at the time, right? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. If, I'm not sure we sold enough. I don't think we could afford to just have freebies. So I'm not sure we sold enough. So, no. <laughs> uh, we've got, I, Max, I've got so much to ask you over the space of the next hour. But before we get into everything, I want to know, how are you? How's lockdown treating you? And where are you in the world right now? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm all good. Lockdown's been, uh, you know... <sighs> bit boring at times but i suppose there's a lot of people in in worse off places and you know working in, in the hospitals and all that so i try not to you know complain too much yeah um right now i'm, I'm in manchester I'm, well i'm actually not at home um my old house where i was brought up where my mum but well, she doesn't like live here anymore but it's still here so i still use it now and again when um when i get booted out of the house or um, you know, I want a night off. Um, yeah. So I'm actually here because we've got a viewing at the house tomorrow. So I'm 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 here at the minute in my old bedroom. That must be. So hold on, you're in the bedroom that you grew up in. Oh, that I grew up in, yeah. That's quite cool. Yeah, it's cool. I love it. It's tiny. It's uh, my single bed still here. VCR player with it within only fools and horses videos still in there. Hey. Yeah. I don't want Hero, to... Heroes and villains, it is. Oh, it's the the Batman and Robin one. Yeah, it's a famous one. Um, I don't want to get deep really early, but I didn't. I've I'm always moved home every few years, so I don't have my childhood bedroom anymore. I don't really know. That isn't really a thing for me because I've had like seven in my time. Right. Right. How does it feel to be in that that room? Does how would Max George, who grew up then, feel about Max George, who's in his room now? <laughs> I'll be like, what's happened to you? <laughs> Man. Um, yeah, he'd probably look at me and go, well, I didn't expect that. <laughs> Got a six pack, though. Oh, well, used to. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. But just going back to being here, it's 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 like, um, it's just, it'll always be home here. So it always just feels, it's like you've got a comfort blanket around you as soon as I walk through the door. That's nice. Yeah. So back at the old stomping ground. My old stomping ground. Yeah, although it's very quiet. There's no one in it. Max, I've written an introduction for you. I do this for all the guests that come on the show. Right. And I think you'll quite like it. It's normally quite a nice ego boost. Do you want to hear it? Oh, yeah. Go on, then. Okay. Where do we even start with this bloke? He's a man that has taken on everything. You may know him best from the legendary boy band, The Wanted. (laughs) But to say just that undersells what this man has achieved in the last 30-something years on this earth. From TV shows in LA to UK number ones, from surviving in the wild with Bear Grylls to getting signed to mega agent himself, Scooter Braun. He's done it all, and for the next hour, he's ours. It's Max George. Oh, wow, that was uh, that was incredible. <laughs> Seemed fair? Really, well, yeah, that, I mean, I, I'd say more than fair, to be honest. <laughs> 
But yeah, that was lovely. Thanks for that. C- can I record that and just take that with me everywhere? Yeah, I'm, I can. I'll send you a version of it, and you can have it as your text alert on your phone. Yeah, that'd be class. Or even better, you can have it for your alarm when you get up in the morning, and you go, F- "Yeah, I'm Max George. I'm up. Yeah, I'm ready for today. Yeah, oh, that's a good idea." <laughs> So this is the Dangerous Dinners podcast. This is how it's going to work. I've got a giant roulette wheel behind me. It's got a load of takeaways on. Whatever it spins and lands on is going to be what you're having for dinner tonight. Right. What would be the disaster if it landed on that? Well, because it's like a roulette thing, I'd, something healthy would be, would be a bit... I'd be a bit unlucky, wouldn't it? Be because boring. I'm on, yeah, it's a bit boring, isn't it? Because like, I'm trying that in real life. <laughs> so this is like a let-off for me because I'm... I'm on air. So what you're saying is if the roulette makes you eat badly, I mean, it's not your choice, right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I just want it, I want it to be something horrible. <laughs> well, should we see if the roulette wheel is going to be kind to you tonight? Yeah, go on then. Right, so on here we've got, I'm just going to spin around, we've got Chinese, Indian, Mackey's, KFC, uh, wings, kebab, fish and chips, pizza, dirty burger, normal burger, Nando's, posh Turkish, hot curry, wok. Um, do you want to count me in for the spin? Yeah, what, do, uh, what, what am I counting from? Why don't we do three? Okay. Three, two, one. Spin the wheel! Go <laughs> oh. on. Tonight, Max. What are we on? You're having walk. Walk? Walk. <laughs> I'm having walk. Mate, I heard like KFC and McDonald's and all that, which I haven't had in about eight years. You're having, I'm having wok. <laughs> You're having wok. But I've just loaded up on my phone a wok place around yours, and it's actually a banging menu that's more like a Chinese. Is it? it, it with that has been bleeped out for the record, but it is. I love that place. Hey! That'll do. It's, it's more like a Chinese, right? Yeah, and you just go in and basically they just chuck it all, like you just say, right, I want that, 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 and they just throw it all in. Um, what do you want then? Oh, just like noodles and chicken and bamboo and yeah. a load of chilli. <laughs> Hot and spice. Oh, this sounds amazing. Hot and spicy chicken. Yeah. And I'll add to that some thick egg noodles. Sounds great. I'm going to throw some chilli flakes on that as well. And I'm going to add to that some hot and spicy sauce. This is quite a spicy dish, but you're into that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like spice. Oh, you're basically getting spicy chicken noodles. Lovely. Nine quid as well. You're cheap. I'm a cheap date, aren't I? Right. Max George, it's in the bag. We've got until it turns up to conduct the best interview we've ever heard. Amazing. Right then. Born in Manchester, but went to school in Bolton. Yeah, so that was an odd one. Now... It depends how north you are. I'm going to do a quick test with you. Go on. Do you know what a butter pie is? Butter pie? A butter pie, yeah. No. Now, I think this may just be a Preston thing, because I'm from Preston. Right. I don't think it ever escaped Preston and got to Bolton. It doesn't sound like it should. It's basically a pie filled with butter and potato and onions. That is hanging. Oh, mate, it's unbelievable. It's it's carbs on carbs. What about a Wigan kebab? It's... Is that a pie in a kebab? It absolutely is. <laughs> Only in Wigan. <laughs> That's quite northern. You knew, at least you knew what Wigan kebab was. Yeah, well, kind of self-explanatory, that one, though, isn't it? Yeah. Because anything, when you say a Wigan, it's usually something to do with a pie. <laughs> and I only found this out today, that we actually have a connection, sort of. Do we? Yeah, you played for a football club I used to work at. Who? Preston North End. Oh, really? You used to work there, did you? I used to work in the Players' Lounge. No way. So you used to be a footballer? Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, well, I've, I've done it all my life uh, since since I was like four, really. And then I started going to the pro clubs when I was about 13. Um, I got some injuries and it slowed me up. And then my head was turned a bit by like girls and drinking and all that whilst I was injured, especially when I got to about 16. Um, and then... I went back and it was Preston actually that were the team that took me on. And just when I got there, it was about my fifth training session in. And I, I don't know, something didn't feel right. I didn't I didn't feel like it was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, and I, I love football. Like, I love football more than anything, but it was just the thought of having to commit to that 
every day um, and play it. Uh, if if it was watching it every day, then I won't have a problem. But so I just one day just just stopped, and I just you know I had to tell my parents like I'm, I'm not I'm not doing football anymore. How old was it when you told your parents that you were giving it up? Seventeen. Oh wow. Okay. So do you think looking back on it, if you'd stuck it out and got your head down, you could have gone a bit further? Um, I don't know. I I, I think at a time I was. You know, I was I was a I was a decent player. Um, you know, I played for England schoolboys when I was fourteen, so I was really young. Wow! But it, it I don't, I can't say that I could have gone further because I didn't. And part of it, a massive part of it, is, is commitment. And I, I just don't think I had the right head for it. Girls and booze is often yeah. gets in the way of a great career. I find. Yeah, but it also brings great things, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Great moments. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, I so, suppose it does. But listen, you know, nothing can replace the sight and the smell and the sound of walking out at Deepdale, right? Um, oh. Do you know Deep? You know Deepdale. Just speaking about Deepdale. Yeah. Uh, I went there as a City fan. We were playing, playing obviously Preston away, and. They're, that's the only football ground where I've heard the crowd singing the referees a wazzock. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my brother and I was like, what the fuck are they saying? <laughs> the referees a wazzock. I was like, that's the most polite chant I've ever heard. And that's, listen, listen people from up north get a bad rep, but we're actually a they bloody do. polite lot. Yeah, especially the Preston lot. You know, they're called the Gentry. I think this is going to be, because I'm not a proper football fan, I'm not going to tell this story properly, but Preston North End fans are called the Gentry because they're known as um, football's politest fans. Really? Yeah, and I there's, didn't know that. there's an away day with, I think it might be Bolton, actually. There's an away day at Bolton where all the Preston fans wear um, Tom Bowler hats to show how gentlemen they are. And I've been to Wow. One. Yeah. Have you, did you wear one? I did, yeah. That's really cool. Thanks, man. So at 17, you walked away from football. And I didn't know this, but you were in a band before The Wanted. Yeah, I was. Tell me about that. Um, so well, after I stopped football, there was the first thing that came up was an audition for a band in London. And my dad basically like dragged me on the train because he was like, you ain't fucking staying here and doing fuck all. <laughs> and uh, so... He's from Essex, by the way. Right. That's why he talks. I was going to say either that or Indian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I I got on the train. And it was an audition, and and I ended up in a band, um, and w- w- it was called Avenue, and we um, Avenue, and we yeah, and I, it was great fun. I was seventeen, living in London. I was stayed on a sofa for about eighteen months in this house that had eight people living in it, <laughs> and um, yeah, we we just did like little pubs and schools and stuff like that and then then we ended up doing x factor we went on x factor wow um, and then but we actually got disqualified from it yeah hold because when i was doing the research for this one i didn't know that you went on the x factor and two you got disqualified in a hail of controversy right yeah like we we got through the live shows which was great we're buzzing and then Louis walsh called us in one day (laughs) It's I never in. good when Louis Walsh calls you in, is it's it? No, it's not, is it? Come into my office. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I, I turned up in my city shirt. <laughs> and uh, and he said, and the first thing he said was, you've been lying to me. And I was like, fuck it, what? And anyway, because we'd signed a management deal um, with our manager who put us together, um, uh. apparently that wasn't allowed. Um and uh, he said, uh, "You're off the show." Oh, yeah. yeah. And but you know, every cloud, we we ended up getting a record deal with uh, with Universal after that. Wow. But then I say every cloud. Then we put one single out, and uh, I remember because like back in the day, you do CD signings. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so we had a tour of CD signings, and the biggest one that we were supposed to do was in Leon C. <laughs> Uh, and it where's was at, that it's near essex right okay or it's in essex i think mm. and uh it was a um, an independent 
record store and we turned up there was nobody there and me and the lads bought every single one of the 250 cds that they were selling <laughs> we bought all of them not one person not one person oh no yeah, we were oh god we don't have a pot to piss in either <laughs> and we bought all of them now don't get me wrong it sounds great right but i don't understand in my head how ex-professional footballer thinks the next logical move is boy band yeah i what was were you were you a sort of when you were playing football were you always singing and it was like one of those billy elliott moments where you discover the real man inside or was this just like (laughs) i ain't gonna get a normal job here lads i'm gonna join a boy band pretty much more the second um it it was more out of a pack like i knew i knew that i liked i loved music i'd always football and music was always like my two favorite things in the world and so when when i said i'm not gonna play football anymore when my dad said like well what are you gonna do then it it was the first thing that came out of my mouth wow and i just sort of stuck by it so i kind of blagged it a little bit um because once I'd said it, I didn't know it really, but once it just came out, oh, I'm going to go into music. Um, about a day later, I thought, you know what? Yeah, actually, why not? Music's cool. Um, you know, you have to get lucky with these things as well. And the timing just happened to be right. And, you know, I, I did well out of it. So, What was yeah. the George family's response Ooh. when you said, I'm going to go and be a singer in London? dad yeah it wasn't um it wasn't very nice it, no it, no like because they've gone all over europe since i was a kid and this was all to be honest like i was terrible in school like so but i kind of got let off because uh it was like well he's that good at football then you know at least at least football he, he can do he's got his thing yeah, exactly. So I kind of got away with it. Whereas my brother was really clever, um, but just he pretty pretty awful at football. Um, and yeah, so when when I uh, when I decided not to do that, yeah, it was it wasn't. I think I actually hid a little bit from my dad for a while. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think I spent a lot more time uh, at my mum's house. <laughs> um, because yeah, I think I was. Just, I think I, I felt like I'd let them down to be honest believe it. i but, guess i guess he was probably really supportive of the football thing i'm probably very proud of you for that so yeah, to have you walk yeah. away from that might have thrown him a little bit yeah so he was definitely thrown and and probably really upset because i think he thought that was going to waste all that time and effort that i'd put in and my talent that like it, it was going to be a waste um but he certainly support was there to support me for everything like as the first thing I ever did in music, the first audition I went to, like I say, he drove me there. The audition for the first band I got in, he pretty much forced me on the train because I was like, oh, I'm not sure I want to go. And he, like, had he have not, like, made, made me get on the train, like, I would never have got in the band. Wouldn't have been in any band. Yeah. So, so he still, yeah. He did make it happen. My dad, yeah, he did. He did because um, he was coming with me to London uh, for the first one. Um and uh, we were at Piccadilly and I said, I'm not sure. He went, all right, fine. And he walked off like but as if he was going back to the car park and I felt terrible. So I just shouted him and said, right, Dad, come on, let's let's go. Wow. And uh, and that was it. Like that's, I didn't look back after that. I was, I was in London then until I got in The Wanted. So you went to London, you joined the first boy band that was on The X Factor, then was yeah. booted off and then yeah. you did a, cd signing tour around the uk which no one turned up no um and then you joined the wanted which from my understanding was like an audition process right it was almost like it was a process that i don't think happens in music anymore where they go we're gonna build a band we need five four four or six good looking blokes let's go and find them yeah um, very take that style yeah i I suppose it I suppose it was. It was a weird one for me because I was already in. I was already in a band, and I got a call um, from a guy at Universal who had met a couple of years before, and and he invited me for a meeting. And he told me like that they were thinking of putting a band together, um, but they weren't sure whether they were signing me as a solo artist or to be in a band. So 
but because the opportunity was there to sign a major record deal, I, I was like, of course, I, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign, and and get in the band, like either be in the band or sign as a solo artist. It was like brilliant. Um, but then with the other boys, it took like twelve months to find the other lads, and they basically, um, they they basically gave me. They gave me an allowance to live on because I wasn't earning. I couldn't go and sing with my other band. So they gave me an allowance. And over that year, like, I just drank and I got fat. <laughs> um, As you would if you I were did, a 20 something drank. in London and was given a load of cash. Yeah. I just drank, smoked, and got fat. <laughs> and literally, when the, when, because what I, what I said was, was, like I want to be involved in the audition process, so sort of the last few rounds, I went down and um, they like sort of looked at me and went, "Mate, you need to sort yourself out, otherwise you ain't getting in." Because <laughs> we had to do a dance part as well, which I was shit at. <laughs> um, so I'd waited a year doing nothing and getting fat to get in this band, and then I was on the verge of not being in it. Your and, food's uh, nearly here, by the way. Is it? Yeah, it's around the corner. Oh, buzzing. Oh, he's here. Hold on. He's downstairs. Yeah, he is, yeah. Can you take us with us? Can you take us with you when you go and get the food? Yeah, 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 we'll do. Uh, hold on. Just, uh... Oh, that's the bell. Oh, let me, let me, uh... I'll get it. Right, let's have a look. Here we go. Hi, mate, all right. Thanks very much. Cheers. It's all happening. Oh, mate, smells fit. This is classic Northern takeaway. Turns up within 10 minutes. I love it. Mate, it's literally like took 10 minutes to get here. Oh, that's class. So you've got wok, which has actually turned out to be more Chinese, really. Yeah, it's, it is Chinese, isn't it? How's it look? Oh, mate, hold on. I love when stuff comes in a paper bag. Oh, I'm jealous. Oh, mate, it's so heavy. The box, <laughs> it's so heavy, mate. Oh, there's loads of chilli flakes and everything. Yeah, it should be spicy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wait, when we were in the wanted and we, oh, we have got a thought. When we were in the wanted, right, and we first lived in our, like, the the, uh, the first house that we lived in as a, as a group, Tom, because uh, to say from washing dishes, Tom used to, uh, Tommy, see, he's dinner out of shoeboxes. He <laughs> <laughs> did, mate, because we got sent loads of free trainers all the time. And he used to use the shoeboxes to eat out of. Rock and roll, eh? Isn't it? Right, I've got my fork. I'm going to smash smash these chilli flakes on. Oh, mate, I'm so. it sounds like a really good Chinese. It smells amazing. So you were auditioning for The Wanted. You'd put on some weight, and then mm. all of a sudden you meet Nathan... Tom, Jay, and Siva. Yeah. And there's the band. And that was the band. Like, I, in the audition, because obviously I had to do my, by that time, I had to sort myself out and, and do the audition bit. And um, and then, because it was touch and go whether I was in the band. And by the time the band got, I didn't know who the band was. Neither, no one knew. 
and then I remember we got called to we got called to a meeting at Universal, and as I got off the train, I saw Tom get off, and I was like, ah, oh, right, okay, the uh, the lad from Bolton's in. Here we go. Yeah, and uh, I knew it was as soon as I saw him, I knew it was going to be full. What was the standout memory from that period when it all went a bit crazy? Because it didn't take long, really, and then glad you came, landed at number one. I think. I think the day we went to number one for the first time, um, because we were doing it. Oh my, man, I've just eaten a chili. That is hot. <laughs> oh. I, mate, you asked for spicy. I gave you spicy. I did, yeah, but I didn't realise I'm this soft. That, and it is dangerous oh, dinners after all. Oh, it is nice. So, yeah, it's a red chili. That's what it is. Woo. It's good, though. Um, so, yeah, um, on the Friday afternoon, we'd done a school, like a preschool for like, 15 little tiny little kids yeah it was dead cute and they were just clapping along and no one knew we were anywhere so we did that on the friday afternoon on the sunday we were number one (laughs) and then when we got announced like yeah i remember uh, my brother was with me and we were in london and i remember we both we we both actually cried we were hung over from the night before and you know when you're a bit emotional because you've had a load of gin the night before (laughs) um so yeah, we both cried like, and uh, it, I don't know. It was like a relief because I've gone from buying my own, all my own records in Leon C, to not having to buy any and go to number one. <laughs> what a, what a turnaround! I know. So yeah, that 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 moment stands out for me. The other one was as well on the street that we lived at because we all lived together. The neighbours used to hate us because like we'd make so much noise and have music blaring all the time. As soon as we went to number one, everyone on the street loved us. Oh, all of a sudden they all come out then, don't they? Like the oh, woodwork. they us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were lending us sugar and all sorts after that. Were you, in this period, doing a lot of partying? Did you do the pop star, number one in the UK, I'm going to go out all night thing? Well, we were doing that before. I've been doing that since I was about 17. <laughs> so that bit to me didn't really change. It was just that um, the nights out weren't as expensive because everywhere we went all of a sudden... People were giving us drinks and stuff, so yeah, it was weird. It was like the first time I was earning any proper money, and yet I didn't have to spend it on anything. It was it was weird. All coming free at that point. Yeah. How long were the wanted a big part of your life? It felt like my whole sort of adolescence period. The wanted, yeah. the wanted, and the Saturdays were there. Yeah, we had about five years. Wow. Um, maybe like the last year. Not so much because it kind of went a bit, went all a bit off at the end. Like, and our last tour and wasn't supposed to be our last tour, but then it ended up being our last tour and it, it ended a bit weird. Um, but like the boy, it's always a massive. The boys are always like, will always be a massive part of my life and the band because it's like it was like the highlight, certainly professionally, like the highlight of of my career. Like was being with the boys. Was there any arguments, or was it was it pretty? You know, you all got on. You know what? There weren't. There weren't that. Surprisingly, there weren't that many. Um, there were a few scuffles here and there. Me and Tom. <laughs> me and Tom had. Me and Tom had one. Uh, I remember in a, in a in a rehearsal for the uh, our first tour. Um, what was it over? Um, Tom wanted. Tom wanted us to do like this dance thing and I was like no I'm not doing and it and then we started arguing and, and like you can't like you know Tom's Tom's like the boss anyway so I was I was uh, I was chancing it really arguing with Tom but I thought you know what no I, I really don't want to do it so we ended up and then I ended up going Tom you can't fucking dance <laughs> and then he went for me and he had to be dragged off because um, Tom's a right little terrier and uh, but apart, yeah, there was that, and I think Tom and <laughs> it's Tom every time actually. <laughs> I was going to say he's coming uh, up quite a lot. Tom and Jay, I think, when we were out in Sweden writing one time, and then I think it was Tom and Steve were on the bus one time. Yeah, some of my so favourite pretty- memories in childhood are me having fights with my best mates. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It is good, but yeah, it was all. To be honest, we um, we 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 actually got on really well. That's nice. Right, I, that's, I love I love the boys. I love all of them. That's quite nice because that's also, from my understanding, not always the case in bands. No, 
No, I've heard that um, a few bands like genuinely like really don't like each other. And I think you've mentioned Tom quite a lot, and mm. Tom has been in the news recently because mm-hmm. he is quite ill. Yeah. Um, how is your relationship with him now? I guess how is he? And I guess yeah. for people that are listening, he's got a brain tumor. Is that right? I guess you probably know better than I do. He has. Um, he's got. Uh, he's got something called glioblastoma, um, which is a, a, a quite an aggressive form of brain tumor. But um, he's uh, he's he's had his first bout of, of chemo uh, and radiotherapy, which he's responded to unbelievably. Uh, the doctors were actually shocked at how well he's responded all of his tumors have been suppressed and amazing so yeah it's it's um he's in the best hands and he himself i mean he's tom's tom like you, nothing nothing puts tom down like nothing so like, when you talk to him he, everything's normal like and he just wants that he wants normality um and uh, obviously he's just had his second child so he's got he's got so much to focus on and yeah he's doing great like He's doing really well. Tom will be fine. Like it's just obviously it's a horrible thing um, to happen to anyone, and and I couldn't think of anyone that the de- you know deserves it less than than Tom. Um, but he's dealing with it, and uh, you know, really proud of him of how he's dealing with it. And from my understanding of it, it's 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 not something you can cure, right? It's something you can hold at the doors and sort mm-hmm. of hold off, but yeah. it's not something he will ever be clear of is that right not at th- not at this moment in time um but there's more and more um there's more and more awareness uh, well we're trying to bring more and more awareness to the science behind glioblastoma because there's not a lot of money that goes into the science of it so um i think what well, and there's new there is new treatments happening all the time with this uh so yeah so the to an extent yeah what you're saying is right but um because he's reacting so well to treatment uh, all we keep doing is he keeps having the treatment having the treatment and then hopefully uh something comes along and bang like it can uh, it can be cured that's the uh, that's the end goal yeah do you do you remember when you found out because i mean i can't i can i cannot imagine receiving a call like that from any of my mates and i don't know how i'd react because i'm quite lucky in the sense that i've never been hit with i've never really had any death to deal with bar my granny right. granny who died a year and a bit ago but bar mm-hmm. that, I'm quite fortunate to have never really come across anything like this. And I know right. that I'm in a really small boat of people in that way. I don't know how I'd react to it. How did you react to it? Um, I I was in the middle of shooting a, a movie. Um, right. And I was filming in Wales. Um, I, and I was in, I was in a, I was staying in a flat. I was on my own. Uh, I only had like, I only had a day left. I'd been there for three months. I was tired and, and and I had my two days left, and Kelsey rang me, and so it was, it was, um, yeah, it was a bit of a blur, really, to be honest. The last, them last two days, I don't remember much of, to be honest. It was just trying to pro. It took me weeks to sort of process, but mm. I just wanted to see him, and luckily I only had two days left, so. Um, I think within three days of finding out, I was with him, um, which you know you just you just want to you just want to be there, and it, uh, I, I could not believe what I was being told, you know. Mm. But um, but as soon as I saw him, it's like it changes. It's like okay, you you're here to help help him and be there for him and and keep his spirits up so he can get better and. Uh, and his spirits are up now, and, and yeah. he's, like I say, he's responding to the treatment. So, whatever he's doing, it as always, uh, he's doing it right. It does. He seems. He seems to do everything right in the end. So, yeah. Um, you know. So, he's. Uh, yeah. Like I say, I'm just really proud of how he's dealing with it, and and his wife Kelsey. She's been amazing. God bless you, Tom. That's all I want to say. And I think it's really important to talk about this stuff because it's something that blokes don't talk about: is feelings and dealing mm. with stuff and how it affects you. And I just think it's considering how close you are yeah. and how close the band is. I think it's important to to reference it. So thanks for being so open about that. No, of course, of course. So you're in the band. It's all flying. We're sort of jumping all over here in timelines, but in my head, this makes sense. So the band's absolutely flying. You've landed a number one, and then 
you got a show in LA, mm. right? Yeah. I feel like in my mind, you and the Saturdays were this two sort of massive things that were happening yeah. at the same time. And the Saturdays did a TV show in LA mm-hmm. and you guys did a TV show in LA at the same yeah. time. Talk me through it. Worst thing we ever did. <laughs> Seriously. Why? Why? Why was it so bad? Oh, man. Like, oh my God, just eating another fucking red chili. These chilies um, have got you, haven't they? Man, they are sick. Like, they are so good. But they are like big, fat red chilies. <laughs> Christ. Um, so, yeah, like, to be honest, yeah, worst thing we ever did because being in it was like all right we lived in the the biggest house in la um i think it was something it was about an 80 million dollar house that we lived in number one skyline drive it was ridiculous what an address that is i know it's the address of la like skyline drive is like where all the film stars live and it was number one at the very top of the mountain amazing so like it was cool and you know we got we just they i mean we just got fed booze every day like (laughs) seriously we got fed booze uh a producer would come in and be like uh max are you awake and i'd be like uh and she'd be like, are you hungover i'm like yep she's like okay can we get a shot of fireball and a bud light for max he's hungover and then wow. they come out and they feed me that and then that'd be it and then the show would start like we'd start filming wow so i mean it sounds great actually it, it i mean does, doesn't it? it does sound all right actually i mean it can't be healthy in the long run but at least in the short term sounds pretty good yeah so to like it was sort of cool in that sense like where we're just partying all the time and like my brother got to come a couple of my mates from manchester they flew over but when we look back at it we spent four months doing it we did we didn't do any any music really it didn't show us doing any form of music or what we were actually about um and i think it started creating frictions within the band because we all had to live together and the girls were there as well so the lads we're trying to have their own private relationship, but in the same house and it just didn't work. Um, and I think we neglected like a certainly our followers in the UK. Yeah. I felt like we'd neglected them. I and, guess. Was uh, it, was it an attempt to sort of break America? We don't, the, the funny thing, well, the weird thing was, is that we already had, right. so we, we'd, we'd already, we'd had the two big singles. Glad you came in particular was, was massive uh, it was the number one song on radio in the whole of america wow um uh, the mo- like it was the most played song in 2012 and but then the people in charge decided that we were going to do this tv show um and it was going to be the next kardashians which i thought fuck you know what like you know i'd rather stick to music to be honest <laughs> but anyway um we did it and yeah like to be honest i think it, i think it came back to bites on the ass to be honest because we didn't really our tour tickets went down from there on and you know it wasn't the same feeling when we came back to to the uk after that yeah that must have been hard yeah yeah and the show fucking panned as well which like you know what <laughs> Never I mean? good like, is it there's that as well so <laughs> well done for i mean well done for laughing about it i think that's the most important thing yeah of course um there's i think a lot of people have spoken about how hard it is to i know i'm a big fan of robbie williams and robbie williams speaks about this all the time about how hard it is to perform in front of tens of thousands of people and then Mm. to go back to a hotel room and be on your own yeah um i've i I read i read an interview with uh, matty healy from the 1975 yeah manchester boy Mm -hmm. who um has had a really tough time with drugs because right. it helped him level his head after he walked off stage for tens of thousands of people and then was in his in a hotel room on his own, right? Yeah. And you've spoken about your troubles in terms of mental health when yeah. the band ended. Did you find that a really big struggle to not have all that emotion and all that, I guess, adrenaline of being on stage? I uh, to be honest, I don't know I don't know what it was. Um I I miss that I miss that adrenaline rush and my but the thing was, I, I'd stay, I'd stay high off that for like days on end. So yeah. the fact when we were on tour, it was like it was just all a high to me. Um, and I've never been a sleeper. So, so when I was in the band, I'd never slept. Um, I'd, I'd sleep a bit during the day, 
but at night I'd be up all night. Just you just I was buzzing, and yeah. sometimes like, I'd, I'd I know what um, was it Matt that said about going to a hotel on, on your own? Robbie was it? That said it was that? it was Matty Healy said going back to a hotel room on your own after being on stage in front of all these people was yeah. a very it was a very juxtaposition from having that yeah. high to that low. Yeah, I can relate to that. Like now and again, I go and get in bed with Jay, like <laughs> literally because it was like, mate. I need to talk about tonight. Yeah. Like, um, so, uh, so I, I do understand that. Um, and the other thing, mate, I just, I, I, I love to drink. So, um, yeah. And I'd, I'd always, I'd start drinking before we went on stage, and then I'd just carry on after that. It was, that was just how it was. Right. It was almost like the feeling of going to a football match. Like, go every ma- every gig felt like going to a derby. Yeah. Wow. And then at the end of it, City have won. Do you know what I mean? That's how it felt. And I guess when you throw booze into that mix, and I guess booze then becomes connected with that experience, it's hard to have one without the other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like so, uh, even even now, I mean, I've not had a drink since New Year's Eve, which I haven't gone this long without a drink for like probably since I was like sixteen. Yeah. Um, it was just the way that we did it, or the way that I did it. Even even last year when I did a gig in Manchester, it was just normal. It's like right, well, I'll, we'll go to the pub and we'll have a few pints beforehand. Yeah, and uh, and then go to work. Level the nerves. I think. Do you know what? I think that's what it is, really. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um. So how was it when the band ended? How did you find walking away from your best mates that you've worked with? Oh man, I, I, it, it was, it was horrible. Um. We got a call. We were in Ireland doing child a Childline gig, and the next morning, uh, we woke up and we were supposed to be flying to America that night. And we got a call in our room like six in the morning saying, you're on a, a plane in an hour and a half. You're going back to London before you go to America. And we're like, what? Yeah. And we went in they said, lads, like, this tour that you're doing is your last one. Oh. Why is that then? Like, we, and we, it, was, it was mad, mate, because we just, we just had a number two as well in the charts, which, you know, it's not, it's not bad. No. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd give me right arm for a number two now. <laughs> you didn't have to buy any of them yourself. I didn't have to buy it, mate. Mate, all we wanted in that first first band was to break the top forty, so we get one play on Radio One. Yeah, mate. We bought. We must have bought between us about three thousand CDs, mate. We <laughs> at, we placed at forty one. <laughs> oh, so oh, close. Man. Yeah, mate. You were calling to the office. Yeah, and and just told like it's going to be your last. Uh, and, I mean, as usual, I was hungover, so I started crying. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was it was horrible. It felt like felt like Louis Walsh had called me in again. <laughs> Louis done me all over He's again. Done me again. Louis curly finger. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, we were all we were all gutted. I think some more than others because I think some were sort of ready to do their own thing anyway. Which you know it wasn't a bad thing. That's I totally understood that. Um, but yeah, mate. Like I mean, I've never left the wanted to be honest. Like I've gone and done loads of other stuff. Like and even when I, I was in LA, like I did Glee, which I loved. Like I being say, in LA, the- I loved it, mate. But if they picked the phone up, like as soon as Glee finished, I would have been straight back. Yeah, you know, and and I've like even shooting movies. Like I I love doing films. Like it's such a passion of mine. But like the wanted, I don't know it. I buzz off the wanted. I buzz off being in it. I buzzed off the songs, most of them. Some of them I hated. Which ones? What's like Rihanna? Oh, oh my yeah. god, bag of shite. <laughs> Absolute Walks bag like of shite. And, went to, and it went to number two. Yeah, I remember that. That's a good one. Oh mate, it was shit. Walks like but, Rihanna. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we got yeah we had to do that as a single. Um, <laughs> We got told we had to do that. Music um, business, eh? Mate, we got played that in the office and we all started laughing. <laughs> we actually all started laughing when we got played the demo. And the, and, and um, our boss at the time said, I don't know what you're laughing at because that's your next single. And we were like, you are, what? You're fucking joking, aren't you? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I want to find it. Walks like Rihanna here. That's it. Walks like Rihanna. Yeah, I think this stands up. Did you? Oh. Well done. Well, that bit that bit sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. It's great. Whoever that is. Here we go. 
Looks like Rihanna. Yeah. I mean, Tom sounds great. Tom's yeah. like killing it there, but it's just a shit song. No, I think it stands up, man. Don't do yourself down for that. Hey, we got to number two with that. So, exactly. what a song. Exactly. Yeah, love it. I didn't it, buy any of them either. It bought, it bought my Range Rover. Mate, even if I was in, even if I was in Avenue, I wouldn't have bought that. <laughs> so, post the band, you've done some pretty cool. Like, you did a TV show with Bear Grylls, right? Yeah. That sounded sick. Where you went, he took you into the wild. Yeah, that must have been a cool experience to do. Yeah, it was, but uh, I messed it up a bit. Go on, because I've not seen this episode. Oh well, I was with Dame Kelly Holmes. Sure. And uh, oh well, I technically I stabbed her with a knife. What? Yeah. So she was trying to make a fire, and she was struggling. I went, give it here, and I went to. You know, where you, like, slash the knife on yeah, the metal yeah. to... And I missed it, and it slashed her. Oh, God. Mate, there was blood everywhere. You serious? There was blood everywhere. She's a dame. I know, mate. I stabbed a dame. <laughs> How did Bear react to that? Uh, He sent me all. Oh, did he? Yeah. Bloody Bear Grylls. I know, and I was a massive fan of Bear as well. I had all these... Or, or, I had all these videos. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I messed it up. I was gutted, actually, that that happened. Obviously, I was gutted that I'd hurt Dame Kelly, first of all. Sure. Um, but then my experience was sort of cut short, and, and I was in Costa Rica, and like that kind of thing is like my dream. I love that stuff. Yeah. Uh, sitting under the stars by a river, like, oh, in the jungle, the noises and all that. But then I got sent almost gutted. How real is, are those shows? Take us behind the scenes of it. Is Bear buggering off to a five-star hotel? Yeah. I knew he was. Mate, uh, you know what my favourite bit was? It was when he'd disappear. <laughs> like, he'd be like, right, got this snake. This will wrap around you, choke you. And I was like stroking it. I was like, mate, that ain't, can't be wild. I mean, look at it. It's like, it's nice. I love snakes. I've had snakes and reptiles since I was a kid. I was yeah. like, this is lovely. And then he's like, right, this is dinner. I'm off. And then like, I love how I run and then just jump behind a tree as if he disappeared. <laughs> But the other, but but you know what? Actually, the stunts and that, like, I'm sure when he does his own show on his own, like it's like a lot of it's real. Uh, but this was more about us than him, right? So, uh, but the stunts and that were all real. I mean, the, the, going down the waterfall, Bear was like shouting, "No, no, no, Matt, don't put a helmet on him! Don't put a helmet on him!" I was like, "Right, sound." But yeah, like a lot of it was real. Like you know, we slept in, we've pretty much slept on the ground, and um, but. It was warming. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Tell me about this, because this is just a line, but I, there's obviously a story behind it. You got signed by Scooter Braun. Yeah. Scooter Braun being Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber's manager. Tell me everything. Um. Well, I was with I was with Scooter when I was in The Wanted. Right. So, and then when The Wanted finished, Scooter took me on. That's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Um. There is like a downside, though, to having a manager that's got such big artists because you're not the priority. So, you know, you, you, you have to, you have to fend for yourself quite a lot. Uh, and I found that out, um, when I was in LA and it was, so it wasn't, you know, wasn't as great as it, it scooter helped me a lot in certain things. Um, but yeah, it was quite a lonely place to be at, at times. Did you go out partying with scooter? A couple of times. Yeah. <sighs> Come on. Yeah, now. I, I did. Give me some gossip. Um, this was not much gossip, really. I had an argument. I remember I had an argument with him in New York one night when I was leathered, <laughs> and I was forever apologising um, for my actions that night. It was frustration that the band had ended. Right. So you and took I, it out on Scooter? Oh, man, I went into one in a club one night, yeah. Fair enough, actually. A proper went into one, and... Uh, yeah, our relationship wasn't great after that, to be honest. Arguments in clubs are quite difficult as well because of the loud music. So you're just yeah, shouting at each other, yeah, not really I know, yeah, understanding. Yeah. I know, it's pretty awkward, isn't it? <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't remember anything either. It's like Andy Brown, who was a friend of mine, he was in the band Lawson. Yeah, and I know Lawson. I know Andy. Andy's lovely. Great guy, yeah. Really nice guy. And he, he's the one that like dragged me away. And he was like, the next day, he was like, mate, you ain't got no manager now. <laughs> I was like, oh, fucking hell. Right. Scooter Broad hates you. But... Um, yeah, I remember once actually. Scooter, Scooter said, uh, "Oh, come for a pint at Rock and Riley's, which was like one of my locals when I lived in LA." 
And I was like, yeah, all right. And I got there and ended up, I was just sat there and having just going for a quick drink with him, ended up being a full night of drinking with Scooter, Tom Hanks, Ariana and Justin Bieber. Oh, and Ed Sheeran. Sheer- and we were all just there having a drink. And then we went back to Scooter's house. Um, uh, Justin and Ed didn't, but me, Ariana and Tom Hanks went back to Scooter's house. And we play. I played Cluedo with Tom Hanks. <laughs> I don't know whether this is true or not. I swear, I got. I swear, I'm in Nana Mary's grave. Tom Hanks, mate. I played Cluedo with Tom Hanks. What's that like? Well, I don't know how to play Cluedo. So yeah, it's a which bit confusing. one's which one's Cluedo? Well, yeah, I think it was like. Well, you have to like guess who did it, innit? Yeah, you yeah, get like yeah. clues and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Tom Hanks in the boardroom with a snicker. I know, but even if I had known how to play it, I mean, I wasn't really asked about the clue. Though. I was with Tom Hanks. Is I he nice? To- oh, so nice. I mean, I'm talking now like he's my best mate. I probably <laughs> said like four words to him, but um, but yeah, that that was that was cool. That see that that they, those were the those were the perks of Scooter. I think what's nice about you, Max, is that you've sort of, and this may be an unfair summary, but it seems like you've laughed and joked and enjoyed your way through your whole career. Yeah, definitely. You seem very happy. Yeah, I I am like obviously there's been there's been downs like that that at times were very low. I was very very low, but they were like out of my control. So when I'm when I'm feeling all right, I try and be like really positive, and I am like I am genuinely a happy person. Like I love my life. I love what I've done. I love looking back at it, and I love I love the potential looking forward of what what's to come i was gonna say where do we find max george in 2021 you are happily in a relationship right i am i am yeah i think coming from my own experience is the most important thing oh yeah 100 percent. i've learned i've learned that now like being with stace and being as happy as uh, happy as i am like in a relationship it it is the number one thing and you're Fiance or what? Or girlfriend? Girlfriend. Your girlfriend. girlfriend. So <laughs> don't yeah. get ahead of yourself, kid. Mate, you're gonna get me in shit here. <laughs> Is that on the cards? I know my girlfriend asks me every day. Um, well, like Maybe. I don't want to say. Yeah, it gives it away, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, but you know, I do I want to be with her forever. Yeah, hundred percent. And Stacey has got two kids, right? She has, yeah. So that's quite nice as well. That must give you quite a grounding experience as you're now a responsible adult figure. Yeah, but like, uh, I think they look at me as like I'm their age because <laughs> like, I like every, I like doing what they like. Zap goes in the garden, play has a kick about, I want to play. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And like, but I mean, now the, the tables have turned though. Like, I, I have to be the goalkeeper now and just get the ball twatted at me. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, so yeah, I'm that I'm that guy now. Um, but yeah, I, I like I love the kids. Like it, people say, oh, was it hard? Like I don't know whether it was lucky or what. Like, but the great kids, and it, it it was never even a thought. Like, uh, and it never has been where it's been a pressure of oh, there's two kids to look after now. Like they they're great. I love I love being with them. I love looking after them, um, and they like they like best friend you know my friends like yeah. they're just but you know you have your sort of parental responsibility i don't like to say the word parental but you know those responsibilities come with it and it's just like a natural thing like they're, they're, they're cool and really grown up and yeah I, I love them yeah it seems nice that you and stacy have your own little bubble together with your family yeah, we, and yeah, you're in manchester did. and you've both had amazing careers and lives but you've just sort of settled down and you're happy yeah, we are like hundred percent, and uh, like I say, like I'm excited for what's to come. And... <coughs> Engagement. <coughs> oh man, <laughs> don't don't give it away. I won't. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like yeah, of course, like, I'd love to when the time's right. Like she's uh, she's mint. Like I, I wouldn't change anything about her. Um, well, Max, I think that's a really nice point to end the podcast. Um, awesome. Thank you for so much for joining us on the Dangerous Tennis podcast. Tonight, the wheel landed on, well, it was supposed to be walk, but I think you, you got Chinese accidentally. Um, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate it? Yeah, I'm giving that a nine, mate. Oh, it, it was banging. Um, I mean, I'm going to have an ass like a blood orange tomorrow because <laughs> that was hot. It, but- is, it is dangerous dinners after all. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be dangerous tomorrow.
it was an absolute pleasure. Oh, cheers, mate. Max George, thank you. Cold food, but hot guests. It's the Dangerous Dinners Podcast. Oh, lovely. Lovely, lovely Max. My girlfriend listened to uh, this when we were editing it, and she said I sounded more mank in this podcast because I was talking to Max. Do you think that's true? Maybe. Maybe I did do that. I am sort of from near there. Preston, I suppose. Anyway, thank you so much, Max, for being part of the podcast. And uh, I really want to send my love to Tom from the band. Wishing you all the best, man. That was really sad when Max spoke about his friend Tom, wasn't it? Ah, man. Life sucks at times, doesn't it? Really awful. So we're sending you love, Tom. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Dangerous Dinners podcast. Before then, if you want to tell a friend, if you want to scroll down below and give us a little rating and a review, we would really, really appreciate it. I will see you same time next Thursday for another episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.